This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, Blue Shirt Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Blue Shirt Breakaway. I'm here with Greg, and this is the most fun team I've had to watch in a long time. Greg, say hello. Imagine you weren't here with Greg. Who else would you be here with? I've done a solo podcast for six minutes once where I pretended I was you. <laughs> this is, I, you know, I still haven't listened to that one. Never do it. But uh, but thanks, everyone, for sitting through that. Anyway, back to... Will, wait, will, will, that, will that podcast ruin our friendship a little bit? No, I didn't say anything bad about you or say anything like, you know, like, I would never say anything from your perspective that was untrue. Like, we should trade Chris Kreider or, oh. Yeah. How about that? How about that scorching hot take? Oh, from way wow, back? Greg. Um, you huh. know, over the years. Huh, what an idiot. AKA the year I and was a half. so young and naive. The year we've done this podcast. There was a lot of weeks where I sat here and just took the beatings. Took you, took you saying, you know, Chris Kreider doesn't belong on this team. He, you know, he's never going to figure it out. We got to trade him. He's got the most value now, even over the off season. Like our your prediction was your bold prediction for the off season was Chris Carter will be traded. Spoiler alert: We signed him to four mm-hmm. years, and guess whose team it is now? <laughs> uh, we so this is episode forty-eight. Yep. Technically, we've been doing it. We're getting close to a year that we've been doing this year pod. anniversary. In December, uh, I know we, my we had. Well, we we had we've had one midweek special where, so we're. What forty five weeks in here? We've had two. I know uh, what the exact day we started. It was, was mid December. Okay, so I don't think in the history of this podcast, for how for however long we do this thing, that I'm ever going to be more wrong about a single subject than wanting the Rangers to sell on Chris Kreider. I'm I'm I am idiot. I am dumb. <laughs> I am not smart. I I don't I don't understand. I like. I wish I could take mid-February Greg, who was probably like all-time griping on Kreider, dig him down. There's a podcast. Like, Done. No, I want to find it. There's a podcast where you rip Chris Kreider a new asshole for at least twenty-five I minutes. Do. You should find it. You should take a minute, pause this podcast now, play that rant, and then come back to me being like, <laughs> "Oh, you young, naive, stupid little fucker." I don't know if I have enough time you or energy, don't... but I might do that. You don't understand what's about to happen. Kreider, okay, so our super hot, takey, reactionary podcast Thursday night, you and I were both like, man, this might be the year Chris Kreider gets 65 I, I points. I asked you he's, the question. He's playing unbelie- unbelievable. Off the cuff, I said, is this Chris Kreider's team? And we went around and talked about how it's, it might not be, but I think times have changed, Greg. It's been a week. Well, I just, you know, I wish I could go back to Thursday and tell that version of Greg that 65 points might be too low. 
<laughs> he's, he's on pace. What? He's on pace for 162 currently. Yeah. 164. Yep. And 164. He's, and he's already hugged a ref. So, which is uh, what a beautiful moment. Which is a great so moment. That ref doesn't know what to do. He like comes. He's like, why is Chris Kreider hugging me? I don't know how to stop him. Like, he's so big. Like Ricky, Bo- Ricky Bobby, not knowing what to do with his hands. I respect the hell out of it. Yeah, that's. I uh, just realized. I just realized my fan's on. I'm going to turn my fan off. Oh, good podcasting maneuver anyway. there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> grill, as you see here, we, you know, we're the top tiers of podcasts, especially for the Ranger world. Look, man, I'm, just, I'm all hot and bothered from seven different Rangers scoring seven goals that I need to have my fan on. I'm all hot it's and bothered by having October, my, t- my typical... October in Georgia. I still, need, I still need to run the AC and a fan because it's just hot down here. Oh, New York, by the way, since you're not here, it's 75 degrees here. So really not that oh, much difference. Well... Hey, there might be news about that coming up down the pipe very soon. Hey, just hey, so you know. Oh, well, a little bit of preview of Greg in the yeah. big city. Um, yeah, a little teaser. I will say that the classic Ranger style, I had my asshole clenched for the whole third period. And, I, you know, I felt... Oh, my God. What is... I felt it, too. This team. I, don't, I don't know what it is. I don't... They just... They take offense to being up by multiple goals in the third period. And they're like, not, not interesting enough. Our ratings aren't, aren't high. We need more MSG viewers. I just, just every time they're up two nothing against the Islanders, <laughs> they're up three one against the Sharks and seemingly cruising. Oh, uh, and 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 they're within hurt. inches of scoring against the Blues. Like the the Rangers played the shit out of that game against the Blues. Yeah, and, I mean that third period was just kind of unlucky for the Rangers. The Blues didn't register a shot. In a the shot, no period, shot on which goal. Is crazy. That's insane. After tonight. The, that's the thing, like that blues, that blue, the blues. I almost called it Blues Day. And that's the why Saturday they game call. against the Blues really might, like, when we look back, it might be one of the better games the Rangers have played all season. And that's not to knock the Rangers for not playing a complete game because they've looked great in in their two wins. But they did everything right on Saturday, and the Blues just had a hot goalie. Oh, and you, they couldn't beat them. Yeah, and that's hockey. Like, what are you gonna do? I, I I hate to be like. What are you gonna do? I hate to be a typical New York Ranger, New York Ranger, New York Yankee baseball announcer, but that's hockey, Greg. And uh, it, I mean, you couldn't have asked the literally the Rangers did everything in that game, but score a third and fourth. Yeah, goal. the Blues they only really should have. The Blues only had eighteen shots on goal. We won sixty percent of the faceoffs, pretty much. We outhit them. <laughs> like we played that, we outplayed them, and we the, you know, we the Rangers. The Rangers dominated that game. They got a bad break on the Tarasenko, uh, Tarasenko breakaway. There it is. I used to think it was Tarasenko, but it's Tarasenko. It's Tarasenko. I want it to be Tarasenko, but whatever. Um, that breakaway was nobody's fault. I, I Look, I'm right there with everyone trying to find reasons to blame Dan Girardi for anything and everything under the sun. But that was just a bad bounce off a JT Miller pass that – went to the fa- one of the fastest men in hockey who has a deadly shot from close range. Can't do anything about it. And I really do think uh, Tarasenko might be the league MVP favorite if the Blues keep playing the way they're playing. He's electric and dynamic and one of the top three players in the NHL. Nothing you can do about that shot. No, not, um, nothing at all. But back, quickly back to the Sharks game. This team yeah. is so balanced. Like, even without Buchnevich tonight, like – we still had so much firepower rolling these four lines. Well, this team, this team is so balanced offensively. Oh yeah, that's what I meant to say. Sorry about that. I, I, we'll get to the defense. <laughs> we'll get to the defense. Um, I mean, but yeah, to prove your point, so the Rangers have had two games already this year where they've scored five plus goals in each game. 
they've had different goal scorers on each goal. They had five different goal scorers against the Islanders. They had seven different goal scorers tonight. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And and Chris Kreider just takes the lead in this team and is is truly a force to be reckoned with around the net. And by the way, developed a defensive game. Like when did that happen? <laughs> oh, that back check. Like maybe the most impressive thing that Kreider did tonight. And this is his his goal was just immaculate. But that back check on an odd man rush by the Sharks. That is a Chris Kreider I never thought we'd see because we haven't seen it. And that was part of the reason why I was so anti-Kreider. But it's also part of the reason why I'm so going hard the other way now and just the biggest Kreider fangirl in the history of hockey. <laughs> because that back, that back check, that back check was, it was just, what more could you ask for? You can't ask for more than that. He's incredible. What else? What else like I, I was joking on Twitter tonight. What else can Chris Kreider do? Did do my checkbook? I don't even have a checkbook, but if, if I did, Chris Kreider could probably do it perfectly. Tweet at us if you still have a checkbook. That's what I want to know. No, seriously, seriously if, you're, if you're under the age of 35 and you still have a checkbook, I, I have questions. Hit us up. I want to know why you're not using PayPal. Anyway. Um, or Venmo or, or Venmo, literally whatever. just keeping track of your finances online. Yeah, what are you doing? Doing, making your life just easy. I don't know. Greg, quick, but, quick yeah, side, side, since we're talking nonsense, just real quick before we get back to this, because I have so much more to talk about this game. In school, did okay. they teach you about checkbook? Because I know you came, we, uh, we, we've discussed you come from an affluent area. <laughs> yes. Um, in fact, I remember in seventh grade, there was a week in our math class where we had to, we were giving um, jobs, like specific jobs with yearly salaries with, this another person in your class you were given yeah i remember because i was I, they i was a pilot and i was making good money so i we were able to do a lot of things but you had <laughs> you had to you were given a yearly salary and then you had to figure out how to um budget your household car and living expenses for an entire year oh man like you had to sit down you had to sit down think of how much a car payment would be how much a mortgage payment would be and how much other money you would have for living expenses. And that was a whole week of seventh grade math class. My school was literally like, good luck. And they taught us how to knit. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that, was that was the most helpful week of math in my entire life. What, what that class um, should have taught me is that I should have been a pilot yeah. because I was making six figures and life would have been great. Right. And, uh, and, and then you started doing math. It, with it said, Instead, I work in news, and I've been working in news for five years, and I would still, I'm dreaming of the day I'm making more than $35,000 a year. <laughs> Which was breakaway, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Your host. There's, um, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a slice into the life of Greg Kaplan right there yeah, for you. Uh, um, I will say, so then you started doing math with imaginary numbers, and you were like, what the hell is this? <laughs> Yeah, then I was asked to solve for X, and I was like, nah, I don't no, want No, no thanks. Fine. I'll watch some sports. Forget it. Mets are on. All right. Um, sine, sine, cosine, whatever the third thing is. I don't even remember. Tangent, my friend. Tangent. Uh, tangent. Tangent. Is it's, it's exactly what we're on right now. Let's go back to the hockey game. Boom. Look at that transition, <laughs> That huh? was grid hosting by me. Uh, Brett Burns wow. was an absolute force. For the Sharks tonight. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it because uh, he's kicking my ass in DraftKings right now. I'm going to talk about it because before the uh, the the on the Rangers pregame, they were talking to him. He has a big black eye. 
And I was like, oh, Brett Burns, he looks like he's, he's pretty roughed up right now. I don't think he's going to be able to play a good game. He can barely see out of his eye, it looks like. Guy comes out and just scores a hat-trick against us. So it goes to show you that the Rangers media really knows what they're talking about. Well, Burns didn't get the hattie. Uh, Pavelski got his stick on what oh, would have been okay. his third goal. Okay, might be. Oh, so Pavelski got... Yeah, thank God he didn't get the hattie. And he was second star for four points, I believe, Pavelski. That's what it was. He had a good game. He really um, did. Let me see. Those two almost beat... Oh, okay, yeah, those two almost beat us single-handedly as you're looking that up. But the Sharks, you know, they're Western Conference defending champions. Like, this team is no no walkover or pushover for the Rangers. You know, you and I were talking before the pod, to quote Phil Sims. And uh, we've played all playoff teams so far, and, and we've looked great against all of them. The Blues are, are probably this one is, of the favorites. This is this has been an incredibly tough three-game stretch. You have to consider all things. With the Rangers have played three playoff teams, three teams that are likely playoff teams again this year, in the Islanders, the Sharks, and the Blues, and they've gone toe-to-toe with them. You can make the case that the Rangers should be 3-0. You could also make the case that the Rangers should be 0-3, and, and that's why it's more impressive. I think you could make the case before the season, uh, probably more easily, that they should be 0-3. But Especially with the defense. But the offense has just been too good. It's been too good. The, and, thing, and, that the, Rangers, the thing that the Rangers struggled to do last year was outscore their bad defense. And this year, that doesn't seem like it's going to be a problem. No. If the Rangers can figure out their defense in one way, shape, or form, I... Look, it's crazy that we're, we're going to be saying stuff like the Rangers can make a cup run if they can fix their defense, but their offense is that good, where when you go back to us in June and we're like, yeah, the Rangers should probably rebuild. I don't really know how they're going to do anything this year. And yep. already, three games in, you and I are the complete We're, we're literally sitting here giddy with our, our fucking smirks on, like, ooh, a nice little cup run in our future. <laughs> oh, it's just, I, the, the offense is incredible, but, you know, we're going to blow a lot of smoke up the offense's ass over yeah, the next couple of we weeks. Are. So we might as let's, let's bring it back down. Let's talk about on the, the level and let's talk about this defense. Well, let's talk the good first. Let's get that out of the way. Uh, Adam Clendenning. Adam Clendenning looks surprisingly comfortable on that ice. Uh, th- this Not guy... just surprisingly comfortable, but by the numbers, he's been the best Rangers defender on both ends of the ice so far this year. Right. And, I was I was texting you when he was on the power play. The guy just has solid passes. Never misses a pass on the power play. Or well, I'm sure he he did, but I like as I was watching him, it just looked like he had solid control of the power play, played the blue line perfectly, and was getting everyone the puck in open space. It was like, what am I even watching here? He is what I think um, Yandel was. And I don't know, I don't, I'm not out here saying that Adam Clendenning is Keith Yandel. They're comparable players. They're clearly not. There's a reason why Yandel got big money in years from the Panthers. But Clendenning has been almost a direct replacement of Yandel on both ends of the ice. Well, Yandel was playing. I will say this. Yandel was playing a lot more minutes than Clendenning is playing. Clendenning, uh, Clendenning we're getting, we're getting, but we're also getting to a point where you can't justify not giving Clendenning big minutes. Right. He only played 15 minutes tonight, which compared to the other four, uh, four players on the ice is, is a little lower. Oh yeah. So Shea played, Shea played 18. McDonough played 26 minutes. Jesus. And Holden played almost 25 minutes. This is what concerns me. Uh, because we're sitting here talking about how great Adam Clendetting is playing. Nick Holden has been the worst defender for the Rangers this entire year. 
I went way too hard. I, I say the entire year knowing that it's only been three games. I admit that I went way too hard on Dan Girardi after the first game. That was unfair by me. Nick Holden has been nearly unplayable. And yet, not only is A.V. playing him, A.V. is giving him top-pairing minutes and nearly as many minutes as McDonough every night, which is the most concerning development I think we've seen in terms of A.V.'s ability to judge defense in his years with the Rangers. Because I'm yet to see anything Nick Holden does that screams even average NHL player. Now, I will say... Oh, Greg, just to interrupt better, you for a second. He looked better. He looked better with McDonough tonight. He was absolutely atrocious with Mark Stahl. But Mark Stahl looked great tonight. Right. And the fact that Stahl looked a lot better without Holden than Holden looked without Stahl. And I, that says a lot to me. And I, I don't necessarily – I think part of it is Adam Clendenning's playing so well that he's bringing up the performance of anybody he's paired with. But Mark Stahl looked like everything you would hope Mark Stahl could be this year. Solid D, dangerous, powerful shot on offense, and not committing a whole lot of mental mistakes. And when he does make a mistake, he had a partner tonight in Clendenning that helped clean up. But – Nick Holden, just in parts of this game, did not look like a competent NHL oh, let, player. There were three times, and I want to bring this up. There were three times where Nick Holden sat there and he like he kicked a puck off his skate and put it back into mid ice. He missed a puck uh, that put it back into mid ice. He caused at least three scoring opportunities for the Sharks to happen. Like he cost possession for the Rangers three times. Like it was it was so painful to watch his possession. Like it was like watching Dan Girardi last year. Shots fired. Sorry, Dan. Um, I just, I don't think there's any way you can defend Nick Holden, one, being a top pairing defender, or two, playing, playing, period, actually. I'm just going to stop right there. I was going to say playing over 20 minutes a night, but right now, I, look, I don't know what Dylan McElrath did yeah. to A.V.'s family, that he is so far in the doghouse. Mac didn't play all in the third period, and to this point, I have not seen any talk of him being hurt. So if that's the case and AV willingly shifted down to 5D because he didn't trust McElrath in a two-goal game, uh, then, look, let's be honest. If you can't trust Mac in a two-goal game against the Blue, uh, the Sharks at home, there's going to be no situation where you trust Mac. So he shouldn't be on the roster. You've got to find a way to move him to a team that has value in him for something, and you've got to bring someone else up. Because what else are we doing? If McElrath isn't going to play, he's wasted as the extra D-man. That's what Nick Holden should be at this point. And, I, you know, I joked about this on Facebook after the Blues game, but one has to wonder, how soon are we going to start hearing talks about someone like John Gilmore coming up and getting Ranger minutes? Gilmore impressed a lot of people in preseason, and he's looked great in Hartford so far this year. So at what point are we going to hear talks that John Gilmore should be up? McElrath should be the guy playing over Holden. Now, when Klein comes back, Klein is obviously going to take that first D pairing. But what I'm afraid of is AV, for whatever reason, is going to put Holden back in the second pairing with Stahl. And the two up-and-coming range of defenders that have looked good, Shea and McClendenning, are going to get relegated to third pairing minutes, which is not what he should be doing. Right. 
I, there's, there's no explainable reason to keep Clendenning off the ice at this point. Clendenning should be getting – if you're going to have two defenders get over 20 minutes a night, it should be McDonough and Clendenning because that's how good Clendenning's been. And, and if you want other – Saul and Shea – should be a Shea, second pairing. Shea had a great night and tonight. And whatever you want to do at the third. Shea, Shea although he had some some uh, some blips here and there, and he was minus one for the night. I thought he played really well. Had had some nice breakaway, good passes. I was all I was all in on Shea. I thought even even the commentator Sam Rosa was saying, you know, well, Shea's having one of the best nights of Shea, his of his career here. Shea Shea had a good night. I mean, I think he was clearly behind McDonough, Clendenning, and Stahl. Agreed. I think Shea was, but. Shea had a good night, and if that's going to be your fourth-best defender all night, that's good. The problem is Nick Holden. Nick Holden is not good. And then if you're not going to play McElrath at all, it only it – short, it, it gives Nick Holden more ice time when you should be finding ways to take Holden off the ice. But the problem, again, with A.V. is that it's clear A.V. doesn't see the problem with Holden because Holden is still getting 25 minutes a night. So, you know, at some point it comes down to – Gordon is enabling A.B. for making these decisions by having Holden on the roster. If you don't want A.B. to be playing Nick Holden that much, you kind of have to force his hand and eliminate the option. It's, it's what – it's been a while since I've made a Met reference, right? We, oh, we haven't, we've gone all podcasts. Oh, I sorry, done man. It's been like 21 minutes. <laughs> but there was a stretch uh, – I mean, there's a stretch anytime he's on the roster – but people get angry when Terry Collins plays Eric Campbell. Oh, and that's they, you, Greg. That's just you. <laughs> I know. But at some point, you have to look at, okay, if you don't want Terry to play Campbell, Sandy Alderson needs to take the toy away from him and put him on the top shelf. Right. Like, I see if what you you're don't saying want here. To play, if you don't want A.V. to play Nick Holden top minute, you have to take the toy away. And... Because I, I don't think Gordon has a problem with Nick first... Holden yet, though. Like that's that was a Nick, that was a Gordon move. Like, True. But I, again, it it wasn't like a big Gordon move. No, um, I think the like, back to McElrath for a second. I think McElrath, the reason he's sitting is because he had that fight, which I believe AV thought was not worth it. Because uh, I forget I forget his name, but uh, the other the Sharks player who Hurdle. semi yeah, Hurdle. Hurdle. who semi dropped his gloves. Um, during that game, and then realized it was a bad idea to fight Wrath, and it was. Uh, and I think that uh, Avs was disappointed that he fought him in, in, a, in a game that was close. But here's the thing: if you don't like, how many times do we hear the Rangers need Macorath in their lineup to add some grit and toughness? Oh. But then, if you get angry that Macorath adds grit and toughness, then what are you doing? I'm not mad. Like, at, I like that he did that. I was in for it. Right, right. But you have to look at it from a Rangers thing. If the Rangers don't like anything Dylan McElrath does, you got to take him off your roster. And that's not a knock at all on McElrath. I know you love McElrath. I, I would gladly have McElrath in my lineup over um, Holden I any day McElrath of the week. I McElrath play last year, and he was suitable a lot of the time. 24 hours a day. But you have to look at it from the Rangers roster construction side of things. If McElrath is not ever going to fit a hole, that A.V. wants to fill, and to this point, we're yet to see A.V. admit that McElrath has value to his team, you got to move him because you have to bring someone else in that can challenge Nick Holden. And if it's not going to be Dylan McElrath, you got to find someone to do it. Right. I have a uh, – did you look at the stat sheet yet? I hope you did. 
no, I haven't done a deep dive. Well, uh, all right, good. I want you to. Pl- I want to play a quick game. How many minutes did Jimmy VC play tonight? And by VC, I mean yeah, I said that right, VC. Yeah. Yeah, I like how you were ready to correct yourself. Just I was. In case. That was. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say 17. Yeah, you would think that, right? Guy played just under 10 minutes. That's how. Wow. That's how noticeable that player is. He didn't even yeah, make 10 I, minutes on the ice. Who was who the leading forward on ice time? Kreider? Uh, it was Kreider, I believe, right now. I have it right here. Oh, it was, it was, uh, it was Mika. It was Z-Bad with 19-16, uh, and Kreider was 19-12. So, and Jimmy wow. BC didn't, I, I would Jimmy not have BC didn't BC play. Under 10 minutes. Didn't play 10 minutes, but every time he's on the ice, you, 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 you kind of notice him. You see he, him on the ice. Uh, I, I, I was saying it through two games that the only thing Jimmy Vesey wasn't doing was scoring a goal. He looked remarkable in St. Louis. He might have been the, outside of Kreider and Mika, he probably was the best Ranger forward. He was just all over the place, creating shot opportunities, and literally the only thing that wasn't happening was him getting a bounce to get the puck in. He had the play, Nash and DC hooked up on the power play with the goal that didn't go in before where Nash made the no-look pass right to the center of the ice, and VC was just there. Then, of course, VC's goal. He's incredible. He is such a remarkable talent. He is going over my expectations for what I expected him to do this year. I expected him to have his struggles, to kind of just blend in, and to maybe not even sniff 40 points this year. But, look, that second line of Stefan Zuk and VC they just create opportunities for each other left and right. It, it doesn't show up in the goal column yet, yet, but they're creating just as many opportunities as Mika and Kreider. He played the least tonight of any Ranger, except for Dylan McElrath. Think about that. I, 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 I'm glad you didn't look. Cause I, I think, well, I think, I think part of that is the Rangers were on the penalty kill a lot more than they should have been. Right, and I know VC. They're not going to put VC on the PK. Oh no, my point was more so of like that hurts. how much. Like it seems like he's on the ice a lot because of how effective he is when he is on the ice. But yeah, I, your perception. Yeah, you notice, you notice him when he's out there. Right. So, so that was a little bit of a little bit of journalism trickery there. I got I got you with. Look at you. Look at you. I know. All right, let's talk a little bit about the upcoming schedule. So. Uh, well, before before we oh. jump before we jump off this game. Okay. Uh, there are two things we should talk about. The first is. There was a lot of reaction today, myself included, when the Rangers announced that uh, Buchnevich was not going to be available to play. I thought the smart move would be to not touch the second and third line, just move Peary up to that winger spot with Mika and Kreider and put Juris fourth line center. That was where I was thinking, and I think a lot of Ranger fans were thinking they're right there with me. When the Rangers moved Nash up there, there was a lot of hesitation, I think is the right word. Maybe. That everything would kind of be thrown off a little bit. Chemistry wouldn't work as much. How wrong were we? And here's, here's what I'm, I'm curious. Is, it, is the Kreider-Mika relationship at such a level and that chemistry so strong that it almost doesn't matter who the third player is on the other wing? Yes. Or was it that... <laughs> I, 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 that's, what I th- that's what I think it is, right? Yeah. And that's not a slight at all to Rick. That's not me sliding Rick Nash because Rick Nash had a great game. Amazing. But I really, I really do think at this point that Kreider and Mika 
are so scorching hot that I could be the other winger, and people would be like, wow, this Greg Kaplan, he looks all right on He's this okay, day. All How right. come no one scoops him up? Only minus six, but he looks good on the ice. But, yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, Rick, Rick looks good tonight. And you can really see the chemistry between, uh, between Kreider and, and Mika. They, that trade looks better by the day. You know, I had a friend text me tonight to say, say they were missing Broussard. And they, they, they were, they, this, this person, they hate Kreider. They just hate him. And they, they said to me, I'm starting to come onto the Kreider train. I'm like, well, welcome. They're like, well, I'm still, I'm still sad about Broussard. I was like, why? I mean, I love, I love Broussard, but like, look at what we've created. <laughs> look at like what we have. Yeah. Now. All, all you need to know about Broussard tonight is he did not register a point or a shot on goal. Wow. In uh, Detroit. Wow. Uh, and he is the top center for the Senators right now. Very good. I just uh, – but here's my thing. Nash, my whole reasoning was – so Nash looked invisible for the first two periods in the Blues game. I, I, I Nobody I – didn't, I didn't notice him. You didn't notice him. I don't know anyone that noticed Nash uh, in the first two periods. But Nash was a force in the third period against the Blues. And he had some of the best scoring opportunities that just weren't going in. So I don't really know that Nash was necessarily struggling on the third line. It's just right now that God, Kreider and Mika are just on fire. Like I want, like, would Peary have gotten that goal tonight if he was on maybe. the top line with him? Yeah, maybe he might have. Yeah, but you know, I do like, I do like, I do like the goal for Nash in terms of confidence. That's for sure. Me too. I'm all and about Rick that. Nash doesn't have whatever, to... whatever we gotta, whatever we gotta do to get Rick Nash confidence that when Booch just does come back, I do want Booch to stay on that line. And when he comes back, Nash can go back to the third line with confidence and still be a threat. The thing That's is, all I want. The thing is, now Nash doesn't have to carry this team. It's not on his back anymore. Now it's on Kreider's. And now Kreider has to stay here and sustain the level of play he has this season, which honestly, I would usually say this is a flash in the pan. Kreider gets hot streaks and he becomes an unstoppable force for a week and a half and then he stops. But this time he just looks like a completely different player all around. Like, I don't, I, I don't, we've never seen a hot streak like this from Kreider. It, we've seen hot streaks before. They last usually two games. And then the third game we say something like, well, it's good that Kreider is still giving effort and doing the little things. And then by the fourth game, Kreider was back to being just as inconsistent. Almost getting benched um, by A.V. Infuriating self. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this, is a, this is almost a completely different player. Chris Kreider is on another level right now, and it is great to see, and you just wonder how long it's going to last. And if it can last the whole season, sky's the limit. Oh, yeah. That's how it's Oh, we have a top-ten player if, it, if this continues. It's, it's not even a question, which would be but again, uh, quite big, surprised. It's a big, that's it's a big, big if. if. That's a big if, yeah. So uh, we will hope for that, but uh, let's talk about a little bit about the upcoming schedule. Uh, we continue with the playoff-caliber teams. And it, it doesn't stop anytime soon, actually. Uh, this Wednesday, we played the Red Wings at home at MSG. And the Red Wings are a playoff team, I believe. Or did they miss last year by a point? I could be wrong. Uh, if I not, don't know off the top of my head. They are a playoff uh, contender, if anything. We could say that. Sure, I'll give, I'll give you that. I, I do believe the Rangers are better than them, and I expect them to win that game. Personal opinion. Uh, actually, let's run through real quick uh, the next couple games, and then we'll, uh, we'll pick them out. All right? So Red Wings on Wednesday. All right. Uh, at, at MSG. This Saturday, we play the Capitals at the Verizon Center in D.C. And then Sunday... I, just, I, I, do, I, do want, I do want to say, when I think 
Wednesday night rivalry games, I think Red Wings Rangers. Oh, I always think Red Wings Rangers. I don't know Rangers. about you. Uh, oh, yeah. They're like, they're, ba- they're basically our biggest rival. Greg, and I'm you so were happy alive. We're you them. were there in 1908 for the original six game where this – I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but you know what I mean. They, they, they do it for the original six and because it's Detroit and New York. You know why they do it. Yeah, I know why they do it. That doesn't make it smart or fun. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Capitals – at the Rogers Center Saturday night, and then on a back-to-back, we fly back to MSG the next day and play the Coyotes, and we see the return of Duclair to MSG. So the yeah, co- that'll make you cry. I'm excited to see you cry. That's that's nice. That'll be nice. Um, the Coyotes, uh, while not I, what's their record right now? I'm gonna find out. I bet it's I bet it's 0 three, but I think they're an okay team. <laughs> Coyotes. I'm, I don't. I think they they might have a win. You think so? Let's find uh, out. I don't want to. I don't want to bet on it. NHL standing. Wait, how is this possible? They've only played one game? <laughs> uh, this can't be real. Yeah, but they won it. Yeah, they won. <laughs> they played one game? <laughs> <laughs> they, they've, played one, they've played one game while Holy we played like shit. 12. They but, play, they play but, five more games before they play us. <laughs> they're, only six, they're only like six days left in this week. Yeah, they, no, they, play, they play four teams before they play us. Well, we'll be the fourth team, that is. Yeah, so... That's incredible. All right, so they're one to know. So they're they're right. Look, they're on they're on the path for the playoffs already. And the end, they beat the Flyers and fuck Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean they're on pace for that eighty that elusive eighty two and zero season. So props. So, so were we? Props that, them. That, that squashed real quick. Um, but eighty one and one. Eighty one and one. I do believe the Coyotes it. are good. And the first I, the point I wanted to make here is the first non playoff team the Rangers play is the Hurricanes on Friday, October twenty eighth. And and it doesn't really well, stop. I, 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 I I say pump the brakes on the Coyotes being a playoff team. Easy to achieve. Oh, first playoff, not contend. Oh no! I mean, I think the Coyotes could contend this year. I really do. Mm, you might be a little. I mean, you might be a little premature on them. I think they need another year. Okay, fine, fine. So the Coyotes and the Hurricanes, but after that, we play the Lightning and the Blues again. Great. <laughs> it's it's really yeah. nonstop. Yeah, like, I mean, but at the at at the same time, if the, with the level the Rangers are playing right now, I'd rather face oh, all I'd rather the good play teams all these now. people now. Yeah, yeah. But I wanted to like just get that out of the way. It seems like we have a pretty tough schedule. It's it's not going to be easy the first month and a half here. No, but again, these are good challenges for the Rangers. They're playing good hockey right now, and who knows if they can make a trade for a defender? Depending on who the defender is, you know things things are possible with this team that I would not have thought. Um, beforehand, I just if you told me before the season or before the off season started for sure, if you told me the Rangers were, you know, a threat whatsoever, I kind of would have laughed it off. And then if you told me the Rangers would be in this position where their offense is just next level right now, unbelievable. I can't get enough of it. I I already feel like I had a lot of fun watching the team last year, especially early. When we were just like winning game after game, but every game we won didn't feel like we won convincingly. I remember specifically talking to you about this, where the, when we were in that hot streak, what did we win, like 12 of 14 or something at the beginning of the season? Some, yeah, something like something that. Something ridiculous. And uh, it just felt like we were winning games by one goal and like very grindy. And now like that team was fun, but it was it, it still felt like it was full of stress and it didn't feel that good. It felt like kind of veiled and, and, and we were hiding our, our true team here. This team feels good right off the bat, and it's, it's incredible to watch, and just like feels like we were, like, I, I guess, rejuvenated? Because 
in June, like we said, we had no faith in this team. And I really want to just thank Gordon for, for what he's done. But again, he's not done. Oh. He needs a defender. He needs to understand he needs a defender. And he needs to have a talk with A.B. and talk about getting Nick Holden a smaller role. Preferably a role that doesn't involve him playing. Right, right. I, uh, I think that's it for our Ranger talk today. I don't really have uh, much more to say other than uh, I'm, I'm psyched to go. Oh, let's, let's call the games. Let, let, let's like we usually do. We'll do the we'll do the win loss. You ready for the big three this week? Oh, for the for the three games this week. For the three games, Red Wings. Uh, you know, I, I, I at this point I expect to beat the Red Wings. I, expect, I also expect to beat the Red Wings, Greggy. That's a win. Uh, yeah. Saturday at the Verizon Center, I expect it to be close, and I think we will not win that game. Yeah, I, I still the the Capitals are still the Capitals, and as as well as the Rangers are playing right now, I'd hate to see what Alex Ovechkin can do against our Swiss cheese defense. Oh, and last year we had a, we had an argument about this. Uh, I, I, I want to bring this up now, now that I have this in mind. Okay. All right. We spoke about starting Ranta against the Caps, and then we did last year. We ended up winning. But we, you and I had a big argument about how we should use our backup goalie against teams that we think are strictly better than us. We ended up, we ended up doing it and, and winning the game, um, I believe, with Ranta last year. But uh, do you think that Ronson starts this Saturday against the Capitals and then back at MSG versus the Coyotes, Henrik will start? Um, here's why I'm going to say the one time I think the Rangers will actually start Hank in Washington. I just – I don't know. I, I know the Rangers want to give Hank days off. I don't know, like – it, hold on, I want to pull up the schedule. What do you, what do you do? After I, I, Sunday, I have it up in front of me. So uh, when's the get? When's the next game after Sunday? Wednesday at the Bruins. Oh no, no Wednesday at home versus the Bruins. And then that Friday at yeah, Carolina. I guess. Then I guess I guess it really doesn't matter if you start Hank uh, Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, it really not, doesn't you're not, because it doesn't, he's going to be there, he's going to be in goal Wednesday. Yep. No matter so what. he's going to be in goal. No matter what happens, he's probably in goal three times over the next week. Yeah, and then Rod's going to play in goal versus the Hurricanes on the road. Yeah, I just yeah. So I guess it really doesn't matter. You, I'm I'm fine starting Ronta against the Capitals. I mean, of course, I'd still rather see the Rangers at full strength against Washington because that's going to be their chief competition in the Metro. Yep. And at this point in the season, I do think the Coyotes are an inferior opponent, so I'd be much more comfortable with Ronta playing against the Coyotes. Like, the Rangers have a better shot of beating the Capitals if Hank's in goal mm-hmm. versus if Ronta is. Whereas the Rangers should have the Rangers should have a significant advantage over the Coyotes regardless of who's in goal. So from that perspective, I would prefer to see Hank start against the Caps. And the reason he might start against the Caps really does come down to uh, the Rangers might want to play their best hand in their first matchup against what might be them and the Penguins, the two toughest competitors they'll be playing in the Metro. So for that reason, I I might actually expect Hank to play. If this, if this wasn't the first Rangers Capitals game of the season, I'm with you. I would actually expect Ronta to play in the game and let Hank take the home game on Sunday. But seeing how this is, 
a rivalry game in the Metro against the team that won the division last year, I kind of do expect Hank to play against the Capitals. I do too. Now, you've, you've said all that, and you've sort of convinced me, but it was worth thinking about. No, because it's, it's the right thought. Like, if this wasn't the first Rangers-Capitals meeting of the year, yeah, I mean, fine. Give Hank the home game and, uh, you know, the more the, – the less – the lesser of the opponents, but give them the smaller opponent. But right. seeing how it's the first metropolitan clash of the year, that's where I think we can see the reason why Hank plays and then sits Sunday and is back out there on Wednesday. Because I would say the Capitals and Bruins are more important opponents than the Coyotes. So that, that's where my thought is. But again, really – not worth getting too upset no, one way or the other. Just about worth the just first. worth mentioning uh, uh, what the strategy would be there. Yeah, for sure. And it look at that. It ate up five minutes of this podcast. Perfect. Uh, I do want to skip over to a little bit of nonsense, real quick. But thanks everyone. Sure. Thanks everyone for listening for our, our Ranger discussion. We'll be back on uh, well next week, next Tuesday morning. We won't be doing a midweek podcast this week. So next Tuesday morning, we'll be back recapping all the games we just discussed and how the Ranger offense looks then. Um, if you are a web designer and you want to help us out, hit us up. I have some inquiries that I would like to talk to you about. Uh, you can always follow us at Blue Shirts Breakaway. Um, you know, on our Twitter is Blue Shirts Break. Our, our Facebook is Blue Shirts Breakaway at Facebook. And Greg does a lot of nice write-ups there that will hopefully be on a website soon, which is why I asked you about web designers before. And, yeah, now we're, I want to skip over to baseball. Miss anything there, buddy? T-shirts? You can find our T-shirts at BlueShirtsBreakaway.com. Yeah, you could you can follow us on Instagram, Blue Shirts Breakaway, and uh, you can buy our t-shirts at BlueShirtBreakaway.com. That's it. So I want to talk a little yeah. bit of baseball real quick. Sure, man. Uh, what's up with uh, you know that Trevor Bauer guy? What's up with his hand, man? Oh my god. What's up with his hand? I mean, his hand his hand's fine. He's missing a finger though. Yeah. So that looks like it might not stay on his hand. Like I know they stitched it, but did they do a terrible job? I'm not a doctor. It, no, I just don't think uh, at some point, like, there are, like, a cut that big, a stitch ain't going to do anything, man. Okay, but like, like who cleared what, him? What are, you, what are you stitching? You're stitching, it's the skin is gone yeah. in the middle part of his pinky. There's nothing there. I'm stunned that we can't see bone, quite honestly. Me too. That's the most surprising thing about it all. Um, like, I, I get the, it's the way the Indians described it too. They said, ah, he needs some stitches. He needs, he needs some stitches. They made it sound like a bad gash. They didn't make it sound like his finger needs to be amputated, which is what it looks like. Right. It looks miserable. So I wanted to ask the question, who the hell cleared him? Who was like, yeah, pitch in this playoff game? I exactly honestly like, don't know. I'm not I a, don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. I don't know how you take one look at that and like, no, dude, not only are you not pitching in this game, I'm worried about your career. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. Uh, I would, I would never let him do that. Uh, by the way, the jokes, the, 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 Indians... jokes, the jokes on Twitter tonight though, about it were fantastic. Oh, give me with one. all the give, people, give me, give me all the two. people making Kurt Schilling references. Oh <laughs> man, that's bad. <laughs> my favorite. I'm going to, I'm going to pull it up because, uh, okay. Well, down, say, goes, down goes Brown had my absolute favorite tweet. I will say that right now the Indians are leading the Blue Jays 4-2 to let, uh, to let our fans know exactly when we're recording, as we always do. And uh, I, good, I, I, think the, the, I think the Indians will probably take this game when Andrew Miller comes in. That would leave 
The Indians have three nothing against Toronto. That's good because I put money on the Indians before the season, uh, series started, and the Indians were actually underdogs. Now, is this Cleveland's um, year? That's really the question. Because uh, it would be the Cavs and the Indians in the same year. That is really at at some point you have to think about it, right? But I still I just want I just want the Cubs to do it. Man. I just want the Cubs to do it too. I, I'm all in on, on the Cub train. Go Cubs! Um, I love Joe Madden, former Ray Great, uh, but I, the Dodgers are going to put up a fight against that team. If Kershaw has it, he'll pitch every game. I'm convinced Kershaw will pitch tomorrow. I know he won't. Uh, hold on, I need to find. Oh, you're still looking for that tweet. Kersh- uh, I'm still looking for the tweet because okay. it's it's so good. I need to find it. Um, Kershaw is changing the narrative a little bit, isn't he? Yeah. I thought he's supposed to suck. He was supposed to suck in the playoffs. A little bit of that clutch gene, huh? A little bit of a. Uh, here's your tweet. Okay. Here's your tweet from down down goes Brown. Um, so how much blood does this pitcher need to lose all over his uniform before it becomes a sad moron who tweets memes? Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and then um, sports pickle. I love sports pickle. One. That's a great follow, by the way. Uh, I used to like Sports Pickle more than I like them now. I haven't, not followed, my... I haven't followed him this year, to be honest, or the last year or so. But when I did follow Twitter very yeah. heavily, he was my favorite. Uh, theirs was Trevor Bauer is bleeding. It's a slippery slope from here to defrauding the state of Rhode Island out of $75 million. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well. Just, just great all around. Trevor but, Bauer. yeah, Kershaw, oh. Kershaw changing the narrative. Uh, but at the same time, can we talk about how both incredibly smart and incredibly stupid Dave Roberts is? I was literally about to say this, so I'm glad you're reading my mind. Dave Roberts has one strategy. Okay, we're going to pitch Kershaw, and we're going to pitch Jensen. <laughs> and that's it. That's, I just I wanted to give all the credit in the world to Dave Roberts for finally being the manager that realized, you know what? Game's on the line in the seventh inning. I want my best pitcher on the mound because this is going to be the most important inning of the game. I I wanted to scream his name from the mountaintops because how many times have you and I and our friends talked about baseball's misuse of bullpens and not using their best pitchers for the most important situation because most times the most important situation is not in the ninth inning. It's not. We've had that conversation at least, what, once a month? Oh, for like forever now. Yeah. But at the same time, it never happens. We were recording the we were recording the podcast when this happened too, and I point blank asked you in the seventh inning, "Is Dave Roberts really going to leave Kennedy Jensen in for a nine out save?" And he tried to. He really tried to. He really. I did. thought he was going to murder Jensen. Oh, I really thought he was going to murder Jensen. But then, oh my God! So first of all. All right, you want six out for, six outs from Jansen. That's not the biggest ask in the world. He should be able to do that. To get nine outs from Jansen, you're fucking crazy. And then to let Jansen start the inning, get in trouble, and then bring Kershaw. If you're going to bring Kershaw in out of the bullpen, let him start the fucking inning. What the fuck are you doing bringing him in that and was, making him work out of the stretch with men on base? That was literally unbelievable. We were sitting there like, like, I, like what is he doing? Like, why would he do that? Like, um, yes, it worked. Like, but that's not the fucking point. <laughs> Results and strategy don't often jive. Did, it shouldn't have worked by all you accounts. Did you get and you know what? a butterfly feeling when Kershaw struck, well, popped out David Murphy? 
Daniel Murphy, sorry. Oh, my God. I swear to God, if Murph won that game for the Nationals, I would have. We would not be doing this podcast right now because I would have had a meltdown. I would have broken things. I'd probably be in jail. <laughs> it wouldn't have been pretty. It it's like that entire situation was forming like my worst nightmare. Things were happening that I didn't want to happen, and they were just pissing me the fuck off. Well, now the now, last thing I wanted was I now, I didn't want Daniel Murphy to be in a situation where he could win the game and the series for the Nationals because then all I'd hear for the rest of my fucking life is Murph, 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 Murph. Forever. Yeah. No, Forever. I understand. So you think Cleveland will win this? Obviously, you bet on them. So uh, you. You bet some jelly beans on, on the Indians. So the, I think the Cle- if Cleveland was up 3-0 after tonight, I think they will seal the series. Um, now I have to say the Cubs-Dodgers is at 1-1. Where are you leaning that way? I, I put even more jelly beans on the Cubs. Okay. Okay. Um, I Look, <sighs> Kershaw was Kershaw, and it's hard to beat Kershaw. I, that's the most, <laughs> that's the most that eloquent was the way to say that, right? That was the greatest hot take ever. <laughs> that was incredible. Um, it's hard to beat Kershaw. Yeah, okay. That's good. <laughs> Kershaw, Kershaw was great. At the same time, I have no idea who's starting game three for the Dodgers. I have no idea who's starting game four for the Dodgers. Urias will start I'm game sure four. Kershaw, Urias is I'm sure Kershaw four. will start game five. Mm-hmm. But then if we go to six, and we go to, like, if you get through Kershaw one more time, like, if you survive Kershaw one more time, and you're in game six and seven situations in Wrigley Field, and Kershaw is not on the mound, I like the Cubs' odds. I like their chances. Yeah, I do too. I think the Cubs, they, they have a good shot here. So I think it'll be Cleveland versus Chicago in the World Series. Um, yeah, and I just, I don't know. Anthony Rizzo isn't going to be this bad for this entire series or this entire postseason. Jason Hayward will be. I also don't... Jason Hayward might be. He will be. If we're, if we're being honest, Jason Hayward, Jason Hayward might be. I, I promise. Uh, I got more faith in Rizzo, though. And look, when push comes to shove, I just trust Joe Madden more than I trust Dave Roberts. And that makes sense. Um, I want to quickly touch on the NFL. Do you still care? Uh, considering what? What's the score of this Monday Night Football game? I haven't even checked. Can I guess? I know I'm probably not. Uh, I know it was seven nothing at one point in time. I'm sure it's not that anymore. Okay, I don't know who's playing. So it looks it, like it is. It's the Jets. Oh, David Johnson's got three touchdowns. Oh, never mind. So um, I can't guess anymore. So that's good. It's good for fantasy owners. Yeah, yeah. The Cardinals are kicking the shit out of the Jets. So I'm gonna go three and twelve this week in Pickham. Yeah, and buddy. the Steelers cost me. The Steelers cost me survivors. So no, I just don't care about the NFL anymore. I really okay. don't. Ratings are I've down for on. a reason. Then it's, it's it's hockey season. Let's go. Let's go. All right, Craig, it's been a pleasure. Uh, is there any other nonsense you'd like to discuss, uh, anything you want to get off your chest? Now, I will say, we got a tweet tonight, and I want to read it. Okay. Uh, asking us an important question. Our friend Jeremy York asked us. Wait, did you say Jeremy? So what is the – Jeremy York. Okay. At the Impact 99. Okay. He tweeted, at, he tweeted at us asking, so what is the more prominent NY daddy soda – that we can partake in whenever VC scores this season. Daddy I want to hear soda. what you have to say. Daddy soda? I'm, a, I'm assuming daddy soda is what the kids call alcohol these days. Okay. Because <laughs> I was like, daddy soda? I, I don't know why that was so funny to me. Probably because I don't know what a dad is. 
Anyway. Um, uh, wow, I didn't even have to say it this week. That's beautiful. <laughs> you did it. So um, I think – all right. So whenever VC scores for Daddy Soda, I, I – you know, I, we spoke about this before. I'm a whiskey guy. I like whiskey. Now, I think it, it might change by month. Is that okay? Is that, or is it a one-time thing? So we have to, like, associate a Daddy Soda to VC is what we're doing? Yeah, I think I think what we have to do what it has to be a Sam Adams, right? I feel like it has to be a Sam Adams. She's oh, a Boston it's kid. a Boston Lager. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, that's a Daddy Soda. Like, do we do we do do we give them the Oktoberfest treatment? Oh, that's or why. Do we this do is like, where I was going for changing by month. So right now it's it's VC in October, so it's Oktoberfest, and then you get the winter Boston Lager. Right. Yeah, that's where I was going. I like. That. Okay, that's fair, but it has, it has to be a variation of a Sam Adams. Yeah, it's got to be a Boston beer. Just, just the way got it's got to it. be. He's a Boston kid, and now he's a New York kid. He's trying to be a big boy. Yep. Kreider is definitely rum and coke. Oh, Kreider's, <laughs> Kreider's straight alcohol, uh, cleaning alcohol into my veins. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. Kreider is whatever, whatever gets you drunk and happy fast. Yeah, like, oh. If that's Kre- Goldschlager, it's Goldschlager. Oh, fun fact. Goldschlager was my first drink ever. That's so, not a fun fact. That's I, it was. It was. The, it tasted like gold and cinnamon. So that was nice. I thought that was fun. I don't think it did. Okay. I don't think it did. It tastes like cinnamon for real. No, no joke. It's just cinnamon. Now I will say this: this is the per- this is the perfect time for us to wrap up this podcast okay. because full disclosure, Goldberg's about to make his return on Monday Night Raw, and I want full volume for it. Okay, Greg. It was a pleasure speaking to you. We'll be back next Tuesday morning. Thanks everyone for listening. Bye bye. Bye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.